Let's take our Bibles together this morning go to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. And I am grateful for the opportunity to be able to share God's Word today and open the Word of God uh, with you this morning. I mean, Pastor Philip had asked me a few weeks ago, or back a while back when he had uh, prepared for vacation, asked me if I would uh, speak on one of the weeks he was going to be gone. And I said, absolutely. I love God's Word. I love opening God's Word. And I hope you've come this morning expecting something from God's Word. You know, if we would uh, strive each and every time we come to this place that we would just seek the Lord and open our hearts to Him. Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me to hear, that we would be obedient to Him in that way. And so uh, if we would do that, imagine what God could do with each one of us. If we would just come expecting something from Him. The Lord's been doing some great things here at this church, and we're grateful, and we're grateful to have a part in it. And we want to thank you so much for, for loving our family. It's been a great year uh, of serving here at this church, and we're thankful for this, this church that's kind of loving on us and kind of just um, <clears throat> putting your arms around us. God knew what we needed, and, and when we came here, and uh, we, we're so grateful to be here. And thank you for each and every one of you that serve in uh, so many ways, and thank you just for being here. We greatly appreciate it. Second Chronicles chapter 14, this morning is where we're going to be. And I want you to look at just a couple verses, then we're going to look at the story uh, this morning of a man by the name of Asa. Most of you probably have heard of Asa and maybe you've read this story. A group of us in our, our youth group are reading through the Bible this year and so uh, this happened to be one of the readings just a, a week or so ago that we read through and the Lord really had me uh, stop and just look at this passage for some time because there's a very interesting uh, thought here and I believe God places an emphasis on certain things in the scriptures and we can find that throughout the word of God. Uh, certain things that he does and says and shows us. And I believe God puts an emphasis right here in uh, chapter 14 on a particular thing I want to share with you this morning. Look down to verse uh, number 6, please. Uh, Jason, there's a little ring up here or something. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I need to uh, move this. I apologize if I'm making it worse, but thank you. That's good. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the sound guys. They do a great job. And they're, every voice is different, and they're tweaking it and working at it constantly, and so I appreciate them greatly. Second uh, Chronicles 14, let's look down to number, verse number 6, and we'll start there and read a couple of verses and give you some thoughts here this morning, and I pray the Lord to help us as we look at this for just a few moments. Second Chronicles 14, verse number 6, and he built fenced cities in Judah for the land, notice this, had rest, and he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Now we'll go down to verse number 11, <clears throat> we find another similar phrase. And Asa cried unto the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with uh, them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. And in thy name we go out against the multitude, O Lord, thou art our God. Let no man prevail against thee. Then I want you to go over chapter 15, just a chapter over there, and look at another verse with me quickly. Just uh, one chapter over, chapter 15, same book. Uh, chapter 15, verse number 15. We find kind of the tail end of the story. Look at it with me. Chapter 15, verse 15. And all of Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he, found, and he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. I want to speak this morning on this thought, some lessons on rest, or lessons on resting, if you will, however you want to phrase it. The Lord gave me these great uh, thoughts here out of this passage just a few uh, days ago and been dwelling upon this week. And I believe this morning that this is where the Lord would have us just to pause for a little bit and uh, think on these things, give you some lessons on rest. Let's pray together this morning if we can and ask the Lord's uh, help today. Lord, we love you again. We thank you for this morning. Thank you for what we've heard thus far. And uh, thank you for the music this morning. Thank you for each person involved. 
Uh, God, I pray that as we come before your presence here for just a moment, uh, Lord, we ask for your help today. Lord, I pray that you give us exactly what we have need of, that you give us rest. Uh, Lord, that you give us whatever uh, we need to hear today, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts. God, I pray that you help me to say only what you want me to say. Uh, may you clear my mind this morning for just a few moments, clear our hearts and minds as well. And again, we pray for Pastor Philip Holm, give him rest today, and to raise him up, give him strength in his body. Thank you for what you're going to do today. We love you so much. Your name we pray. Amen. As we think about the word rest, most of you probably had some things in mind that came to your mind instantly, right? You thought about rest. You thought about sleeping or taking a nap. Some of you may go home uh, today and rest and take a little nap. And God's people said, amen. And nothing wrong with a little nap here and there. And I brought some things with me this morning. I want to illustrate this because, you know, being in youth ministry for some time now, it's easy for my brain to work that way, to see something and get a, mind, a thing in my mind helps me understand the passage better. We're going to get into this text in a minute, but I want you to think with me for just a moment. I brought a few items here, and you'll have to bear with me for just a minute, okay? So if you, um, if you go for a rest or for sleeping, the first thing you would probably want is a bed, right? Have a comfy, big bed. All right, let me get this open. This is, uh, let's see if this will work for me. Maybe not. All right, there you go. You know that you got it in your mind, okay? So we'll leave that there. So that's how my bed looks in the morning when I leave the house. So I'm sorry for uh, Aaron have to make that every day. The next thing you need is a pillow, right? I found that in one of the pews. I'm sorry if that's your pillow. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know whose it is, but I stole it, okay? Now, uh, when we think about rest, we have things in our mind, right? We think about a bed. We think about a pillow, uh, the comfy things that we have. Uh, a a comfy thing for me now I'm thinking about when I rest when I lay down at night or take a nap a big thing for me is my fan any any fan sleepers in here oh yeah a whole bunch okay you gotta have a fan I like the noise but I also like the coolness of a fan I get hot really easily and uh, I also brought this I actually borrowed this from Aaron Grant this is his uh, sleeping mask okay so you can uh, it's a a cute frog sleep or a dinosaur or something sleeping mask okay so have in your mind for just a moment When we think about physical rest, that's what we think of, right? We think of sleeping, think of resting, we think of certain things we have to have in order to rest at night, a fan, a a pillow, a bed, whatever you will, you put in the blank for whatever you need. Maybe you have something else that you like to use, all right? Uh, Kids have blankets or things like that. Now, these these are things that we think are important to us, and these are some things that remind us of rest, but when we think about this text here today, we find a spiritual rest. We find a completely different type of rest. Where do you find rest spiritually? Where do you go to look for some rest when you're weary, when you're worn spiritually, when you're battered on every side, as we're going to see in just a moment in this passage, where do you find rest? I'm going to give you that thought here at the very end. So keep that in mind as we look at this lessons on resting. Now, it's important for us to understand a couple of things before we get into this this morning. We know that we look at 2 Chronicles 14, Asa comes into the picture here as the leader of Judah. And there's not much given about other leaders, but he is one of only a few leaders of Judah and Israel that really gives a lot of attention to, and so, or much, give, much attention is given to him. And so there's something particular here that is very interesting that we're going to look at this thought here on resting or what it means to rest in a spiritual sense. But he also is known as one of the good leaders. Uh, we know if you read in 2 Chronicles, 1 Chronicles, Kings, and the Old Testament, you know there was good leaders and bad leaders. When you uh, think about that, that kind of gives you a context as you're reading through these books that are kind of 
sometimes long and so-and-so begat so-and-so. And so you kind of keep in context what's happening. And so there's good leaders and bad leaders. There's some good things that happen and battles and great victories, but there's also low valleys and the times of desperation. And so we know Ace is a good leader. He's uh, uh, showing us some things. God is showing us some things from this book here, from this word uh, in chapter 14 of some things that Asa began to really instill and put in place so that they could have some rest. They could have a break from the battle. So as we think about this, there have been many great victories leading up to this point, as we've already said, but also valleys and defeats of Judah. So no matter where we are today, spiritually speaking, there's always some need for rest. There's always some need for rest. And so let's look at these lessons here this morning right out of the Word of God, and I pray these will be a blessing. First of all, look at, look at verse number 1. We're going to read down through this chapter here together this morning. We see, first of all, there's a remedy. There's a remedy that God gives us right here for some rest. Look at verse 1. So, uh, Abadiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. And his days, or in his, in his days, the land was quiet ten years. Now, I want you to notice some things about Asa. There's a, there's a remedy of obedience that we see, first of all, in the life of Asa. Asa did that which was, verse 2, that which was right, or that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. So we know that this first remedy for rest is obedience. Notice that Asa was good and right in the eyes of the Lord. He wasn't perfect by any means, but he did his best to walk with the Lord. Now, that phrase or that thought of good and right and upright is not mentioned a whole lot about characters in the Word of God, but there are a few uh, that we can come to mind and think of that were mentioned. So we know that Asa did his best to obey the Lord. He sought the Lord. He aimed to please God. That was his uh, heart's desire. We're going to see a little later in the chapter here as well. That the aim of every believer here, every child of God this morning, should be to please God. That should be our desire. John 14, 15 simply says, If you love me, keep my commandments. You want to have rest this morning? You want to have spiritual rest, peace, contentment? Obey the Lord. It's a simple command from the Word of God. Notice the second remedy we find right out of the verses here. Look at verse number 3. So we know a remedy of obedience. Verse 3 says, For he took away the altars of strange gods and the high places and break down the image, images and cut down the groves. The second thing that Asa did, or a remedy that he did, not only did he obey the Lord himself, we know Asa was a man of character. He did his best to please the Lord. That's what he strived to do. But the second thing that we see that he uh, was removing anything that took God's place. He took down anything that was causing a hindrance for their relationship with the Lord. Now, we think about this for just a minute. Now, he came in, Asa took over leadership, and that's what, a lot of times what happened. One king would come and or one leader would come, one would die, and another one would take its place. That was pretty common. And so as Asa comes into play, play here in our story, not only do we see his character of obedience and how he represented himself well, but we also see that he began right away uh, really just hitting it head on. We're going to get rid of anything that's taking the place of God. So this leads me to believe a number of things. We think about this. There was, in fact, idol worship taking place off and on up until this point. So we know that. If you read in the Old Testament, you know that one of the Ten Commandments is, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Most of us know uh, that from, from early ages, learning the Scriptures and understanding uh, the Ten Commandments. We know that. But, but it was happening off and on. All through the Old Testament, we see idol worship was great, and there was idols that were built, and uh, God would send people to destroy them, or armies to destroy them, or uh, certain things would take place. But we know that worshiping was taking place off and on. So we don't know exactly what was happening in this context of 
uh, when, when Asa came in. But I imagine that if that's the first thing he did, that first thing that he decided, to go, we're going to come in and take rid of the idols and get rid of them, it was a pretty big deal. It was a pretty big problem. And so it could have been happening more than we really realize or understand, but it's important to us to notice that as soon as he took leadership, it was the first thing he did. He didn't waste any time. He said, in order for us to have a season of rest, in order for us as a nation to have just some peace and just some quiet, we're going to stop, we're going to pause, we're going we're to obey the Lord, but we're also going to get rid of anything that takes a place from our relationship with the Lord. God is a jealous God. God and him alone, he's the one only worthy of all our worship. And we know Asa found that to be true. In order for that to happen, for order for them to have a season of rest, they had to remove anything that took the place of the Lord. Deuteronomy 4, 23, we're going to take time to look at all these verses here together. I'm going to encourage you, maybe if you're taking notes, to uh, jot some of these things down and maybe jot them on your Bible or jot down some uh, text here to go back and look at. But Deuteronomy 4, 23 and 24 says this, Take heed unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord your God, but which he had made with you, and make you a graven image or likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. From the very beginning of time, we know God is the one only worthy of worship. There's no other God should be in our lives. Think about this this morning before we move on to this other part of this remedy. As we think about what things have taken the place of God in your life. If we're all honest before God this morning, there's something probably at some point in our life that we've allowed God to take less uh, priority in our life. We allowed something else to take priority. And so as we think about that this morning, Asa knew that it had to be that they had to get rid of anything that took God's place. You want to have rest this morning? Do you desire peace? Do you desire contentment? Do you desire just to be at a calm? Do not allow anything, anything to take the place of Jesus. He is the most important thing of our lives. This morning, if you're a child of God, he should be the most important thing in your life. I'm glad I know Jesus this morning. I'm glad he is the most important thing in my life. I love my wife uh, most of the time. No, I'm just kidding. I love her all the time. I love my wife. I love my kids. I'm thankful for my family, but there's nothing compares to knowing Jesus. There's nothing quite like knowing him. Notice the third part of this this morning. We not only find the Asa uh, give us a remedy of obedience and give us a remedy of uh, right priorities in our life, but also we see a remedy of seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord. So there's a progression here. Look at verse number four. And he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law uh, and the, the commandment. And also he took away all, out, of all Judah, or out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. So we see a progression of this here. Look, think about it with me for just a moment. We see the Asa comes into play. We see Asa's character. He's one that obeys the Lord. I imagine he was encouraging the people around him. We're going to obey God. He is the one we're going to worship. He is the one we're going to please. And so Asa now says we're going to obey the Lord. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to get rid of anything that causes the, the relationship with God to, to be hindered. We're going to get rid of idols. We're going to just clean house. And so I imagine Asa was a bad guy. I mean, he was just like a, 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 a man that just wanted something to be done. He had a lot of passion, a lot of desires. I almost said a bad dude, but he's not really a bad dude. But uh, he, he is a guy that wants to see God do something. He desires rest. He desires peace. And so we see that he is now seeking the Lord. He said, we're going we're to get rid of everything that's taking the place of God. We're going we're gonna to seek the Lord. Look at verse 4 again. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord their God, the true and living God, the one whom your ancestors served before. You now seek him with me. 
I imagine Asa probably stood before them and said, you remember as you were in bondage, your ancestors were in bondage, they were in slavery, uh, they once were imprisoned by uh, King Pharaoh, and they once served Pharaoh, now God was freeing them, God sent Moses, and I imagine he was probably bringing up all these things to him or to the people around him and say, you serve the same God that you serve, that your fathers and your mothers and your family serve. Look at verse 4 of their fathers and do the law of the commandments. So Asa was reminding them of things that they, they want your fathers, your ancestors once did. And so as commandment, or Asa gives commandment to put away strange gods and to seek the one true God. Isn't that what needs to happen today? If we would just think for just a moment, if we would just think, if, if, if this country and people around us, and our family, our neighbors, our churches, people would just turn their eyes to Jesus, and forget the strange gods, and forget the things that have taken the place of God, imagine what God can do. We're going to see what happens with Asa and Judah here in just a moment. What if, just for a moment, we think that we, we with all our being, with all our desire, we would seek the Lord. Imagine what God could do this morning with each one of us in this room, this group of people gathered here this morning, that each one of us would say, God, I'm going to seek you with my whole heart. I'm going to seek you with all my being. I'm going to do all I can to serve you. Imagine what God could do. So Asa basically gave them opportunity said, look, we have, there's no other option. We're going to seek the Lord. We're not going to serve gods. We're not going to, we're not going to serve anybody else. We're not going to try to do, strum up things ourselves. We're going to just seek the Lord. Verse 5 gives us uh, some more insight here is what he kind of went on to say. And he took away out of, or he took out of, away out of all of the cities of Judah and the high places and the images. So, so we see the word of God brings it up again. And the kingdom was quiet before him. And so it's almost as they were so much in love with their idols and, and very uh, uh, kind of opposed to uh, turning away from their idols, but, but they know that their convictions of their conscience sided with commands of Asa, and they could not, for shame, refuse to comply with them. If you imagine, somebody comes to you and says, all right, we're going we're to get some rest here, but here's what we got to do. Here's some things. And, and so if somebody, somebody's captivated your attention, I imagine that's what Asa was doing, he captivated their attention and said, well, we want some rest. We want some peace. Because battle after battle, war after war had taken place up until this point. And so he said, we're going we're to obey the Lord. We're going to seek him. This is the remedy of rest. Seek the Lord today. Do you need rest? There's, there's a theme here this morning if you haven't caught on. Do you need rest today? Are you longing for peace? Seek the Lord. Find rest in him. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, But if from thence thou shalt seek the Lord thy God... Thou shalt find him if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. So we see a remedy here. Let's move on this morning. Look down to verse number 6. Not only do you find the remedy that uh, we are given for this rest, we also find the relying uh, in, in thinking about this lesson on rest. The lesson on relying. Look at verse number 6. And he built a fenced cities, or he built, he, he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Look at verse 7. Therefore he said unto Judah, let us build the cities and make, them, uh, make about them walls and towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord, our God, and we have sought him, and he had given us rest on every side, so they built and prospered. Notice that the four times we find, we didn't read verse uh, 11 and on, but, but we find four times in this one chapter that the word rest is mentioned. Verse 6, the land of re or had rest. Verse 7 gives us that same phrase in verse 11 as well. So there's an obvious theme here that we see. And, and we as believers, as God's children, we can rely on God. He is worthy of us relying on Him. 
Has God ever failed you this morning? Think about this in your life. Has God ever failed you before? Has he ever let you down? I know he hasn't me. I know that there's been times that I felt like I was at the end of my last rope. I felt like it was over. But God has never failed me. He's never abandoned us. He is always there. In the same moment of rest, in the same moment here in Asa and Judah gathered together as they were going to seek the Lord for rest, they can rely on him. We're going to see that in just a moment. This very moment here together this morning, we know that we can rely on him. He is worthy of us relying on him. Notice that relying brings peace. Look back at verse number 6. And he built fenced cities in Judah, and the land had rest and had no war in those years because the Lord had given them rest. When they began to fully rely on God or on the Lord, peace came. No war, no trouble, just rest. Do you long for peace this morning? Maybe something in your spirit is just causing an unease or an unsteady feeling. Maybe spiritually speaking this morning, you just, you just long for some rest at night. Maybe your mind can't stop. Maybe something has, has got you uh, stirred up as far as spiritually speaking goes. But do you long for that rest today? You can rely on God. You can rely on Him. Do you long for that calm inner peace that only He can bring? Then you can rely on Him. If you're lost here today, if you come to these doors seeking something, seeking help, you can put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, you can have peace today in the very midst of your storm. Charles Spurgeon, uh, I love reading Charles Spurgeon, his life and his testimony, and reading uh, through some things that he went through as well. He battled with depression, anxiety, and things like that as well. And so he said this about peace, No peace can warm our heart while we forget Christ. He is our peace. Never go, dear brother and sisters, for your peace to the law or, or, or to your own experience, or your own past. All your peace is in Jesus. All your peace is in Jesus. Thankful this morning we can have peace. Those that have rest indeed to whom God gives rest, peace indeed to whom Christ gives peace, not as the world gives. John 14, 27 reminds us of that. So as Asa and the people gathered, they needed some rest. They needed some peace from war. They needed a moment just to pause. And yes, this morning, maybe you need physical rest. Maybe you're weary. Maybe you're tired physically. But we can also this morning as believers, we can rest in Jesus Notice not only does resting or relying brings peace, but relying, second of all, brings prosperity, brings blessing. And I'm not uh, speaking or preaching prosperity gospel this morning, so don't get nervous. Uh, But we do know that obedience does bring blessing. We see that all throughout the Word of God. As we obey Him, as we answer to Him, as we do what He wants us to do with our lives, it brings blessings. And we know that from the Word of God. Notice this with me. Go down to verse 7. Therefore, He said unto Judah, let us build these cities... And make about them walls and towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought Him. And He hath given us rest on every side. So they built, and notice this, and prospered. They built and prospered. God began to bless Asa and all of Judah because they were seeking the Lord. They, they, they had a time now of peace, of rest, and just a calm, no war around them, no battles around them. As they began to gather together, they had a time where they could rebuild their army, rebuild back together, and they could have just a time of prospering. And Asa recognized that Judah's best defense was the Lord. They could not rest in anything else. Asa realized they could not rest on their, their allies or people around them. They had to rest in God alone. So they began to build and prosper as a result of seeking the Lord. The Lord gave them blessing and great peace all around. Battles and wars were happening so often up until Asa's time. So it's important for us to understand this morning that there was great peace in the land. 
They were building and preparing for the battles to come. We as believers right now this morning, we're preparing for maybe the next battle that's coming. God is equipping us and uh, giving us tools in our, our toolbox, spiritually speaking, to prepare for what's coming. And the same thing was happening with Asa and all of Judah. When we seek the Lord, we can find peace and blessing. Instead of trying to gain a great blessing, seek the Lord and find the blessing. We want to try to figure things out on our own. We want to try to find the blessing. We want to try to find the great reward. That's what we as people sometimes do, but instead we can just rely on God, who is the one who gives us the rest, who gives us the blessing. Jeremiah <coughs> excuse me, 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God, think about this this morning, this verse has helped me over the years, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you have a need this morning? Do you desire great blessing on your life, great prosperity on your life? Do you want to have God's blessing? Then seek the Lord. Find rest in him. Notice the last part of this. This is probably my favorite part of the story. Look down to verse number 9. Or actually, we'll start at verse 8. And Asa an army... Or had an army of men that uh, bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of the Benjamin uh, that bear shields and drew bows, 200 and fourscore thousand. And these were mighty men of valor. Uh, verse 9 And there came out against them uh, Zerah, the Ethiopian, with an host of thousand, thousand, and three hundred chariots, and came unto uh, Marasha. I think that's how you say it. I'm terrible with names in the Bible. Then Asa, notice this, went out against him and set the battle in array in the valley of uh, Zephathath and Marasha. I think that's how you say it. And Asa cried unto the Lord, look at verse 11, and cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest in thee. And in thy name we go against the, this multitude, O Lord, thou art our God, let no man prevail against thee. This is basically a, a pre-battle prayer for Asa. Now, I don't know how much time was resting before uh, they began this battle with the Ethiopians. We don't really know that. We know there was a rest for a number of years, a number of period of time maybe. Uh, but they were had a, a season of rest, a season of preparing. And so now, uh, the Bible tells us in verse 9, there was a million, people, a million Ethiopians coming towards them, coming to battle with them or them going to battle with them. And so what was Asa, what were they going to do? Were they going to rely on God? Were they going to rely on their own strength? Were they going to rely on something that they had prepared or what God has done for them? We know in verse 11, he gives us exactly, or verse 12 will give us exactly what happened. This was not just a small battle. This is not just a little few hundred people, as we've seen maybe in other uh, texts, other passages of small battles. This was a big battle. And so Asa now, notice this, Asa now had the opportunity to put into practice what he had been doing to prove that God is powerful. So the third part of this relying is not only peace and blessing, but we know the third part of this is God's power is shown. Relying brings power. When we rely on God who has all power and all control and over all situation, He's the one that will get the glory, the one that will get the victory. He cried out to the Lord in verse 11, Lord, it is nothing but thee, nothing with thee to help. Lord, it's nothing. Basically what he's saying, Lord, it's nothing that you can't handle. God, this great army that's coming against us, this great army that's getting closer to us, this great million of men uh, coming up against us, Lord, it's nothing that you can't handle. You notice the wording in verse 11. And Asa cried in the Lord with his God, or his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. 
Notice that. He knew that the power he could find, the rest he could find, was found in the Lord. He recognized that God was in control and he will, that God will give them help. And verse 11 also tells us they just rested. Look at verse 11 again. Oh, Lord our God, because we rest in thee. We rest in thee. They had rested in the Lord. Now notice that it goes back earlier part of our story. They began to change some habits from the very beginning. Look back, if you think back to verse number 1, 2, 3, and 4, we see that Asa began to set something in motion. He began to set a pattern of seeking the Lord, crying out to the Lord, relying on the Lord. They needed rest. There was battles around them constantly, wars around them. And so they needed rest. Friends, we serve an all-powerful God who is all-powerful, worthy of our praise. And when we rely on Him and rest in Him, then He can show us His great power. This morning, maybe you, again, need physical rest. Physical rest is great. We know that. We need it. It's part of our uh, health, part of our health living or healthy living or resting, getting good sleep. That's what doctors say, I think. And so they say get rest and get sleep. But we also this morning know that maybe spiritually we need some spiritual rest. We need rest. And that's what Asa and Judah found. Look at verse 12. We see that what happens here. We see the rewards this morning. Oftentimes when we uh, find rest or need rest from the Lord. We know that He gives us rest and He gives us uh, a remedy for that. And He gives us a relying or understanding of relying on the Lord. But also He gives us, sometimes He gives us rewards. We know that God can bless us that way. Look at the, look what happens in the story. So the Lord, we've got to move on here for time's sake. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them into Gerar and the Ethiopians were overthrown that they would not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his hosts. And notice this, and they carried away much spoil. God had blessed the army of Judah. God had blessed Asa. They had gotten a great reward, a great spoil is what the word of God says. And he goes on to say in verse 14, And they smote all the cities around Gerar, and for the fear of the Lord came upon them. They spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. God gave them great reward. I think about the Job, life of Job. Uh, God blessed the latter end of Job's life. God blessed Daniel's life because they turned to the Lord and sought after the Lord Joseph. Uh, all these folks in the Bible, we can find did the same exact thing, that they turned to God in the time of need, in the time they needed rest, and God blessed them in that way. If you and I this morning would simply learn to rest in the Lord, imagine what he has in store for us. If we would just simply lean on him and rest on him and turn ourselves to him. Imagine what God could do. Imagine the blessings that God could give us. I want to notice this last part of this story, these lessons on resting. So we see that there was a, a, a remedy. God gives us a remedy right out of the scriptures, obeying the Lord, seeking him. And we find peace. We find relying on him. We find the rewards. And notice, let's go to chapter 15 briefly here. And let's look at this morning at the, the realizing or the, the realizations. I want to give you two of these and and be done this morning. Look at verse number 1 in chapter 15. And so this is kind of the latter end of the story. Think that with me in, in your minds for just a moment, what's taking place. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded, and went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all of Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God, without teaching a, a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Isn't that a great truth this morning? So the realization number one this morning, the first thing I want you to see, if you seek him, you will find him. 
If you seek the Lord, it's so simple, isn't it? But so often we turn every other direction other than to the Lord who has all control and all power and fully we can rely on Him. The Lord sends a messenger here to Asa, gives him one final message, one final encouragement before, uh, right after this battle. He said that if you seek the Lord, you can find Him. But if you forsook the Lord, He will forsake you. If we don't turn to God, we can't find rest in Him. We can't find help in Him. Friends, if you're in need of Jesus today, if you need rest today, seek Him because He can be found. Thank the Lord for that this morning. Notice down, down to verse number 15. Or actually, let's start in verse 12. We find the second realization this morning. So this, if you seek Him, He will give you rest. Notice verse 12. And they entered into the covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart, with all their soul, that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice, and with the shouting, and with the trumpets, and with cornets. Look at verse 15. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with their hearts, and have sought Him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. So we see the second realization this morning again is if you seek him, he will give you rest. They now at this point have made a covenant to keep his command or keep the Lord's command to seek him. We know that the opposite of this happens. If they don't seek him, they won't find him. If they forsake him, he'll forsake them. They now have made this commitment that we're going to, with all our hearts, with all our desire, we're going to seek the Lord. And notice what happens at the verse, end of verse 15. The Lord gave them rest roundabout. The Lord gave them rest roundabout. Friends, today, simply, if you will turn to Him, turn to Him and rest. I'm going to finish my illustration. I told you I had an illustration, kind of the first part. I'm going to use this chair if I can. You know, again, physical rest is, is great. Uh, we, some of you are looking forward to taking a nap this afternoon, as already said. And I always love just laying in bed after a hard, long day, a uh, busy day. I, uh, Cassie and I are a lot alike. We go hard all day, and we just crash at night. And, uh, and so sleeping is great. Physical rest is great. We all need that. It's part of our life. But, but also this morning, spiritually, what we need together this morning is rest. Where do we find that rest? Where do we find that spiritual rest? Well, you know what? Simply find it in God. Sometimes we look at other directions. We look at other places for rest. We look uh, maybe for a family member, for a friend. We look around for uh, something, someone to help us look for rest. You know what the word rest really means? It means to stop completely. It means that the actual definition of it simply means to cease motion or action of any kind. Physical action, uh, whatever, any kind of movement, just ceasing, resting. It means just to sit simply, say, Lord, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Lord, I, I can't, I can't com complete what I have to complete without you. Lord, I, I can't rely on my own strength anymore. It's simply putting your rest completely on Him. That's what rest means. Maybe this morning you stand in need of, of rest. Maybe this morning you stand in need of Jesus. Maybe this morning you stand in, maybe you're not in the battle. Maybe you're not in the midst of problems. But still, this morning you can find rest. I imagine as Asa and all Judah stood to seek the Lord and they sought the Lord. God gave them rest, but also they, they, they rejoiced at what God was doing. God gave them a great victory, and then the Lord gave them rest all around about. Stop this morning seeking other directions, other ways. Just find rest in Jesus. Find rest in Him. We, we look for so other, many other things to help us. And, and yes, we need doctors. We're thankful for them. Yes, we need family. I love my family. I'm thankful for this church. We need our church. But there's nothing, there's nothing that takes the place of rest.